Youth Organisation School Strike for Climate and Fridays for Future have combined forces with other environmental groups to host this year's climate strike, held in 11 cities across the country today. But is anyone actually listening? And how have the recent natural disasters affected our resolve to take the matter seriously? With us now is Green Party co-leader Marama Davidson. Tēnā koe, Marama. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Were you out and about today with the students? I sure was. Gosh, they're so inspiring. These are young activists, young students all around the country who are just fighting for a stable climate and a stable planet for future generations. So I was really proud to be out with them today in Tamaki Makoto. Where were you exactly? Who were you with? Let's have a picture of it. Oh, gosh. So we actually met up with the university campus greens at Auckland University Library, and they'd made some fantastic signs. A couple of us MPs, Chloe Swarbrick, of course, Auckland City um, MP, and myself, and a whole lot of awesome young people walked down from the university to meet everyone down at Britomart at the big gathering there. So many people, all different ages, all of us older ones, the nanas like myself, we were there to total these young people who had just organised everything, brought together such a broad range of voices, um, showing the intersections and the connections to climate change. We had the fantastic, I wanted to talk to you actually about the fantastic people from Banaba. Um, it was a delegation from the um, Kiribati Island of Rabi who have come over to make the link clear about the exploitation of their island, Banaba, and the phosphate that was um, extracted and has ruined their homeland and the connection to climate change and capitalism here in Aotearoa. So just a big, colourful, beautiful, diverse um, groupings of, of people and experiences who gathered at Britomart today. And it was a hot day. Wasn't it? Oh my goodness, and yeah. I'm so glad I, I had a whole bag of um, Green Party fans, um, wooden fans with Protect the Climate, Protect the Pacific on them, and I was just handing them out to everybody. Everybody was happy to take a fan so that we could at least get a little bit of air going. But, you know, I hate climate change. It's very warm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's exactly the point, and despite the heat, and everyone being, you know, quite hot and uncomfortable. Uh, we all came together to to really put a challenge to all of us that we've got a lot of work to do and also to those of us in power um, to make political decisions for the benefit of our climate. So it was just a really inspiring, awesome event. A question that's been given to me here, and I'm actually going to read it the way it is. I'm not sure I would have written it this way, but I think it's an interesting approach to it. Do you think it's possible to depoliticise the issue of climate? Yes, absolutely. Because it is an issue for all humans, no matter what your background, your experiences, no matter who you vote for, no matter whether you vote or do not vote. This is actually a human issue. And I do think it is possible. And these young children are showing us how. You know, they just care about their planet. You can't get... You can't get any more party political neutral than that, I would have thought. These are young people from all across the country and actually the world. Um, you've got Indigenous voices. You've got um, 
voices of young people from all different nations and experiences coming together to say, we love our planet, we want to protect our climate. I think that's something that all humans should be able to get on board with. And, you know, this should be for all politicians to work together. And I think James Shaw, my colleague, um, co-leader and Minister for Climate, is really aware of the importance of having all politicians be climate politicians and getting on board with reducing our pollution to the climate as well as building our communities in a way that can handle the impact of extreme weather. And all of us have to do that together. Cyclone Gabrielle has, of course, brought climate right not... I mean, there's just not even a, a metaphor that I want to embrace because it's not even about being close to home. It's it's at home and it's specific. Have yeah. you been to the regions, the areas, the neighbourhoods, the communities really heavily impacted? Tairawhiti, Hawke's Bay, Northland, but also Muriwai, Karikari. What have you seen in the past few weeks, Marama? So when Auckland got hit by those incredible floods, honestly, I just thought that it was Armageddon. And I'm in Marirewa, I'm at home right now, I'm based in South Auckland. So when all of that happened, um, my daughter lives in Mangere and her neighbourhood was flooded, but thankfully her house just managed to get away from being flooded. So I was privileged to be able to support the work down at the Ranwick Park, it's our local Marirewa community centre, to welcome and people who needed a place to stay, who needed some connection, um, some care and some food and to be looked after um, so that they could help to get themselves onto their own feet as well. And I saw a look of desperation but also deep gratitude from people who really needed help. Um, in shock as well, people who had come from uh, Mangere and even the West Auckland areas um, that had been hit. Um, and just a whole lot of community love. I was really fortunate to be able to get to help out in my local area. And, you know, we also all, I was advising people to help out in their local area, keep it as local as possible, to try and take burden off our roads and our, and our transport avenues. James Shaw and I are off, we actually got um, an early flight in the morning to get down to Hawke's Bay. So we're flying into Napier and we've got a whole day tomorrow of meeting with various different groups and organisations as well as Marae um, to get a real sense and to listen and see and hear for ourselves what people have been going through and how people have been stepping up. I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow. And then there's my mum. She lives in Luatoria, which is right on the Kairapiti um, East Coast. And, of course, we lost all comms with her for a few days, like everyone did on the East Coast. And she also lives right on the river that rose from, like, a little creek to a big, massive ocean-looking river. So we were worried, but she was very lucky. They're all safe. Their house is fine. Um, they still haven't all got comms and power back fully, but I'm, I'm glad that they're safe and that we have been able to be in touch. Very much so. I've just had a text come in that I'm going to share with you. Okay. Um, hi, Susanna. You both know we have no chance of stopping the ice caps from melting. When we are in an arms race, we can't do one without the other. No peace, no future. That's from Peter. Just to bring in some sentiment from our listeners. Mm. And 
And I and if I'm understanding it right, thanks for that, Peter. I think there's also a connection that Peter is helping to draw. And I've always said too that um, conflict and armed conflict, and especially heavily armed conflict, including um, the, the big, large ammunitions that we use, that is one of the most planet and human destructive actions that we can ever, ever have. It immediately destroys the environment, but it also is one of the high-polluting, climate-polluting actions, armed conflict, um, bombs, um, big arms and warfare. It is an absolute destructive force. I mean, it's deadly for humans, um, but it's also deadly for climate and planet on such a massive scale. And Peter is also correct our way through this and the hope and solutions that we have to hold on to are through justice and peace and working together and finding our common ground and reaffirming our connection to each other and to the planet. On that note, could the Green Party work with National? Well, National have been really quite clear that they have been denying climate change as a human driven uh, change. They have been wanting to wind back climate action, such as wanting to continue to see oil exploration and coal mining. So it's more of a question about can nationals have any credibility um, in forming a government when they are not taking climate action seriously, when they are hosting MPs who deny climate change as a human uh, force in the very first place, um, that the question is actually, can National be considered any sort of a credible party? The Greens will be campaigning on us having more Green MPs, no matter who might have um, the biggest party. We want to have more Green MPs so that we can put across our solutions. We wanted to, we support all of the demands from Aotearoa School Strike for Climate today, which was about no new exploration for fossil fuels, Voting age at 16 and 17, absolutely. 30% marine protected areas by 2025 and support for cleaner farming and um, e-bike, electric bike rebates for lower income families and people. And we'd go even further if we had more green MPs to cut farming pollution and to have free public transport. Um, if other political parties should have a responsibility to support those solutions and we'd be interested in working with political parties who share that vision. Let's talk about Rob Campbell, now no longer leading the Environmental Protection Authority. Who's worthy of that role, Marama? I don't know who's worthy of that role now. There will be quite a few people, but I want to say I completely agree with Rob Campbell when he was um, highlighting the racist dog whistling from national MPs and political parties like ACT, and I just completely and utterly agree with him. And I, I, I admire him and I respect him for having actually a sense of duty and responsibility. He is trying to lead transformational change in both environment and health. He is trying to outline and highlight systemic racism within our systems that both damage people and the planet. And he had a responsibility to make that very clear um, that that's where our systems need to move towards. So I really admire him for standing up for that, as a, including as a public servant. 
So that role is now vacant. What sort of challenge does that present? Oh, it's unfortunate that this has led. I, I actually, I actually don't believe that the the punishment was proportionate to him speaking out. Um, and so, on that note, it's a massive challenge to now have to go through a process and replace those roles. Um, and you know, I just I wish it didn't have to come to that. Actually, I wish that we were able to. Um, to take the, the merit of what, what Rob was trying to point out as one of the citizen responsibility and then talk about, you know, how that is relevant to his work. A final question, Marama. Thank you so much for this kōrero tonight. For all of the protesters today, we'll call them that, and I love that word, what's your message? Keep going. And thank you. And to bring at least five more whānau members and friends for the next one, because we've got to grow the collective movement for voices supporting young people for climate action and climate justice. And I really, really appreciate everyone who turned up all across the country today. Kaha. Nga mihi marama Davidson. Thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you, Susanna. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You Kilda. too. Kaki tea.